Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis podcast. My name is Richard Acton and in this episode, episode 71, we're covering chapters 15 and 16 from part 3 Imago of book 3 Imago of the Xenogenesis trilogy by Octavier E. Butler. And I am joined in um, this newly planted town by uh, my co-host. Michael Glinka. Hi everyone. Hi Richard. Hi Michael, how's it going? Good, thank you. We're at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Bittersweet yep. feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. <laughs> Somewhere in here, in our, our notes, we've got how long we've spent doing this. We'll yes. probably get back to that later. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's hell uh, of a journey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting to finally draw this to its uh, conclusion. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, it's 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 a bit emotional, like the fact that you know such a long time and uh, mm-hmm. has passed and been working, you know, learning, but all these characters, really in depth analysis and. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a, a quite an experience. Mm. But before we go all get emotional about it, we still have two chapters to go through, so might as well start, yeah, we'll, and then we can. Probably best we do that at the end, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's uh, yeah, back to the standard formula for a little bit while we finish off these last two chapters. Exactly, exactly. So let's get back to my uh, chapter fifteen prediction. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's now time for the investigation into the construct Ulois, right? You know, it's like the, the final showdown uh, of how, whether you know, how will the constructs uh, Ulois live? Whether they will be forced to go to the uh, to the mothership or whether they will have to stay uh, on the on the planet? And I honestly, at that point, mm-hmm. I thought that. The whole it, it it wouldn't be Onkali style to really force an Onkali to do something, right? Because even though they do the weird things, like they still, you know, when Akin was born as a boy, they still like. Uh, although that's a bad example because they did literally told them to stay, keep the kid in the human village for a while. So that's a bad example. But you know what I mean? Like they they didn't do much of a. Um, fuss. So I thought the same here would happen, that they would be like um, okay with them staying. They have a sort of a complicated relationship to being coercive right there. Yeah. They, they, they seem to do it quite a lot sometimes, but other times they're, they're quite um, they seem to, to value individual autonomy to some degree. They just sort of the degree to which you will be uh, like included in the group uh, it, it seems to be the main thing they use as yeah. their sort of lever, right? They're, they're more inclined to exile you than, than anything else um, or, or force you to be um, under some kind of observation yeah, so even, where they can keep an eye on you. Even even the exile that the, you know Nikanj and his family, uh, its family decided to uh, undertake mm. didn't feel like an exile as such, right? Because mm. still, even though they went on the you know for like a year, maybe by themselves, lived by themselves, but mm. I feel like it was still under the whole you know um, this has happened. You know, like I'm sure mm-hmm. the you know the mothership knew and everybody like oh this has happened. They are outside yeah. it, but they're like being observed. You know, if anything happens or whatever, right? To to, to you know, as I mean, a control of anything. They were already a bit like a kind of frontier um, town village mm. establishment where they yeah. were anyway, right? The, the you know this sort of little 
beachhead of an Oankali village on on Earth. So I suppose the the difference between exile um, for them and the ordinary state of affairs was a bit less uh, extreme. Yeah, it's not that different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. So yeah, I guess uh, let's get to the chapter fifteen summary. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Sure. So the group was taken onto the shuttle to be examined. Then being on the shuttle allowed for a rapid exchange of information between everyone on the shuttle and sending messages between the mothership and the Onkali villages on the Earth. Hmm. And so I think we have seen them do a, a consensus before when, when a king was, was up on Skystack. Yes. But, um, and I think that you know some of the, uh, the Earth villages were, were involved in, in that as well. We've not really seen the... Um, seen it from the kind of remote end of that connection before right and, absolutely and it's interesting that they have this uh, this capacity to to, to have like a you know, a full conversation with the their um you know uh all the sort of smaller satellite groups around Skystack. yeah yeah um, so yeah. we never actually we always thought that like how would they exchange information right considering lack of um technology right um as such so hmm. i mean I, I assume that they uh, must be doing something with with you know, wireless radio like communication here that seems yeah. to be the uh, uh, the thing that makes sense there isn't really sort of any particular implication that they have anything that's like you know ftl or, or an ansible like device so that it, it, it seems like they're still constrained by conventional physics mm. we don't see you know real-time communication with um, and other um, Oankali diaspora um, beyond Chikaychtak. So I think they're, they're still sort of like limited by light speed communications. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then radio seems like, you know, the obvious thing that they would probably be doing here. I suppose they could be using something like, you know, visible light spectrum um, transmissions, you know, like a, a laser like equivalent. Um, but uh, whatever the like the electromagnetic bandwidth they're transmitting between um, the the ships and the uh, the mothership, um, mm-hmm. the shuttles and the mothership rather, uh, it, it's it, it's going to be quite an interesting signal, right? Because it's got to carry both the sort of nervous impulses, which I suppose you can kind of turn into a binary signal, but also like the various chemical stuff hmm. that the Oankali seem to exchange when they actually like make contact and exchange information with one another through uh, like contact of their sensory tentacles and so on I st- so i'm sure that they have to have uh, some sort of animal or a plant that they've sort of found that useful at one of the planets they probably visited that is mm-hmm. capable of like communicating uh, in such a way that you know it can translate into chemical uh, signals uh, you know an analog to digital, digital to analog sort of conversion, maybe. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think you, in order for the um, maybe not digital, like it's actually, just analog so, to analog, I mean, basically. The, at this point, so I think for the most part, the signals they're sending are still something that you could um, put in discrete buckets, right? It's not necessarily digital because, like, well, the, the nervous system stuff could just be digital right presumably if they just have an interface between like two sets of nervous systems you'd have like a a synapse like situation where Mm -hmm. you're sending a pulse or not sending a pulse 
But when it comes to sending a chemical signal, you're kind of sending a chemical signal or not sending a chemical signal or sending a chemical signal with varying intensity. So you've got the information of which chemical signal and then how much of it. Um, so there's kind of a, a discrete component. And then if there's a if there's a how much of it component, then, then yeah, you've got a bit of an analog thing there. But you mm-hmm. need like an encoding schema that can accurately represent what that yeah. Uh, what all that information is at the fa- at an interface between the shuttle and a given Owen Carly, and then transmit that and have that same thing be emulated by another like port, another sensory tentacle interface hmm. at the uh, at the other end of that experience. So it's a uh, uh, yeah, the, whatever the signal processing that the shuttle is doing, it's not insignificant because it has to come up with a way of representing that information. In some schema that it can broadcast, and and then you know uh, demodulate into a the, the same output again on the other end. Uh, so it's going to do some some moderately sophisticated signal processing. Yeah. Mm, it's it's interesting. I'm just thinking about what how it would be possible to propagate signals you now from ship in the outer space to a you know a village on on the planet. I guess the there's gonna be some limitations. They probably just have to use shuttles as a, like a in between sort of like nodes. That does definitely seem like the way it works, right? It, it mm. seems as though the um, the the shuttles have some kind of a high bandwidth link with some kind of a uh, know, schema for encoding the whatever the interface experience is. is I had the strange feeling doing. that it's probably mm. like infrared type of situation where basically heat uh, signature. Type of because obviously Don Kali can have you know mm-hmm. uh, we've uh, encountered Don Kali having uh, patches on their bags or or for example that they can you know see infrared you know um, signature oh, yeah, I mean, the, the could could readily be like a, an infrared or, or, or a UV or, or something in that um, like more or closer to the vi- the visible light spectrum mm. than something like radio but the other end you just have to have a a receptor that's sensitive enough to pick up on yeah. the photons in that yeah, yeah. Um, in that bandwidth and whatever the medium that you're sending it through has to be not likely to absorb or scatter too much of the radiation in that in that uh, yeah. the wavelength right so if you're transmitting through atmosphere then some of the um, like UV spectrum stuff might be difficult some of the infrared spectrum stuff might be difficult it gets scattered mm-hmm. quite a lot so you, you lose range so you, you, yeah. you need something that'll work for, for them actually to, to get that kind of range um but yeah that's but that's the like the physical problem of what bandwidth to send it on then you have the information yeah. schema the like the information encoding problem is two separate parts of that uh, yeah 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 uh, that signal transmission issue but yeah, yeah it's just just Digression into like telecommunications technology, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was an, is an, an interesting, uh, interesting little problem that they they have uh, managed to solve biologically somewhere. Somehow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I guess it, it, the fact that they have the disabilities, uh, I mean, makes it sa- makes sense that you know, like for example, in the case of Akin as well, like when there was a when he was on the Tukach Dock. Um, and the whole consensus was about you know Mars or not. That must have mm-hmm. also happened. You know the whole communication between the shuttles and the villages on the on the planet. So yeah, yeah. But uh, we, we didn't sort of get. I don't know. It it, it didn't uh, spark this this particular tangent of thought in 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 me about how they were doing that because they were all like the 
the emphasis of the consensus was on kind of on ship. everyone who was on the yeah. ship rather yeah. than the, the problem of talking to the like, yeah, yeah. the remote groups whereas Absolutely. here it's a bit more explicitly called out yep um, so yeah um continuing on like most children and humans were left back in the canyon because they wouldn't be able to cope with the experience it was too jarring and disorienting and this is a uh, sentence describing the fe- uh, how it feels um Linking to, into the nervous system of a shuttle, a ship, or a town, even through an alloy was, according to Lilith, one of the worst experiences of her life. Um, for Jodas, it was mm. relatively easy to absorb and understand the demands of people from Lowlands and the mothership, although it couldn't be the sa- said the same about the results of this conversation. It was, as Book describes it, a- as convoluted as Lilith's rounded black cloud of her hair, as uh, Every strand seemed to go in, in its own different way, bending, twisting, spiraling, angling. Yet together they form a symmetrical, recognizable shape and all were attached to the same head. Hmm. Yeah, the, to sort of carry on in the, the same theme, right? You have this, uh, you've got this capacity to send all of that information between all of those endpoints, right? So you, you, all, all of the pairized relationships between all of the. Uh, individual Alan Carly who are plugged mm-hmm. into the consensus and but it, like is there some kind of aggregation function going on there that's happening inside the the processing of the the ship or the shuttle because we have this uh kind of like, how do you perceive that right if, if you're literally yeah. perceiving like everything that everyone else is saying that's going to be like completely saturating the, the ability to receive that information, right? The, the, you've only got so much stuff you can send over the, like the contact area of your, um, you know, if I'm interfacing with the shuttle, it's like interfacing with one other along Carly, right? But if I'm, uh, so there's like, you can only send so much information through that little like patch mm-hmm. of contact, right? You, you can't emulate me being con- in contact physically with all the other Owen Carly at the same time because that's not a physically possible like thing, right? I, I don't have enough surface area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have this this problem of how do you like summarize that information? How do you get some kind of uh, uh, ability to to aggre- uh, aggregate it to like do some summary statistics or visualizations of I, what's going on there and, and i think you get kind of an like an impression of what that looks like subjectively you have this mm. sort of like um i don't know like a, a dashboard like summary of some kind of a bunch of information rather than just like the raw stream of text um, i'm not sure you... though uh, mm. sorry like you know mm-hmm. it's just I, i'm not sure if that's the case though because it, it considering the fact that for lilith uh, you know when he when jodas was describing is like you know it's every strand like a different way you know like it seems to me it's more of like everybody's thoughts are out there you know Mm. about the whole topic you know and maybe you just pick on the strand on the communication band and just i don't know if you're interested and just stick to it sort of type of situation and then um Mm. It's, it's. I imagine it's sort of like that. Like, although it imagine be like you know in a radius, you know, station where like. I mean, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, because if you if we think you know conceptually about radio, right? You mm-hmm. focus on one. Uh, you tune in into the one you know wavelength, and then you listen, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's multiple people mm-hmm. on the same wavelength, it can be a chaos if everybody's speaking right at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, like the, the challenge is then sort of how do you 
is that if a bunch of people are speaking on different radio frequencies and uh, about a kind of related topic, how do you like sum up the sentiment? It's like how do you do do polling yeah. almost over what people are saying about a given subject? How do you collect that together? I think and it seems as though mm. like the humans interfacing with this don't necessarily have the capacity like, to the do it. Yeah, sensory organs or like the the thing that's sitting between you and the raw signal to do some to do some of that aggregation right because there's yeah. got to be there's some like intervening information processing step there that can that can listen to multiple channels at once and extract a sentiment from them didn't um, and uh, sorry didn't uh, onkali have two brains um i don't recall what the, uh, the exact sort of i don't know if we've got a lot of detail about the neuroanatomy but i i, I mean it just uh, it just it just occurred because i remember like they definitely had uh two hearts i think but i thought they had also mm. had two brains and i just it for me it's just you know like as you said this is like us humans are incapable of like even you know in the conversation there's multiple people talking in the room it's hard to fo- mm. follow more than one or two conversations if you're that good you know mm. but like but at the same time we we do also do a lot of or like we have organs that do a lot of signal processing before yeah. we get kind of a channel. Like, you know, the, the eyes for, you know, do a whole bunch of signal pre-processing mm. on image information before it gets to the brain, and then the brain does a bunch of post-processing, and then sort of a you know high-level yeah. summary of stuff yeah, is yeah. presented to our conscious experience, <laughs> uh, and with a bunch of like simulated extra stuff thrown in for for reassurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it it seems like it's. Mm. I can understand why it can be jarring for people, for humans, like worst experience of her life. Like, it's just you know, it's, I can imagine it being really tough for beings that are not accustomed and made to handle this type of sort of exchange of information. Yeah, it's sort of like being bombarded with raw sensation. Yeah, without uh, something to filter between you and it. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, Don Kali and Construct's opinion though were clear. Ayer and Jodas were dangerous and should be either taken to the ship or left where they were. They were danger in general, allowing humans to regain their reproductive capabilities. Of course, Ayer and Jodas would not go to the ship and will stay where the village was um, because you know they would never agree to go to the ship. Right? That, that's the whole purpose. That's why when they exiled, they didn't want to go to the ship in the first place. Mm-hmm. To their surprise, suddenly they received a message that were that there will be two more construct Uloi from far southeast, a Mandarin-speaking Jah village. Both of the constructs were undergoing the first metamorphosis. Jodas immediately signaled to bring them to the villi- to their village so that they can get mates, otherwise their lives would be in danger. Donkali initially fought back, you know, but Jodak explained to them that they needed now, otherwise it might be late to and it might be too dangerous for them, you know. And, because second mm. metamorphosis is literally, you know, around the corner for them. Yeah, yeah. And after what happened with Aor, then. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. So, you know, finally Don Kalia agreed after the whole explanation. Um, mm. Aor joined the conversation because it was not getting any conclusion by saying that there will be more construct Oloi, whether they like it or not. So. They should basically send any willing Don Kali and constructs to them so they can come and mate with them and the humans. Kaguya signaled, mm. and Kaguya is back in here again, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, signaled that his family will be staying. And here's a paragraph from the book. We found resistors who might mate with us. It paused. 
I don't believe they would even consider us if they hadn't spent these last months living near Jodas and Eyre. Your own children, someone signaled. Kaguya had signaled very slowly. Where is the flaw in what I've said? <laughs> no response. I doubted that anyone really believed Kaguya was expressing misplaced family tri- uh, pride. It was simply telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, Kaguya, you know, comes through occasionally. <laughs> I mean, still, in his arrogant way, you know, it's like... I mean, it, it is it is kind of an ass, as you say. Yes. Um, but uh, sometimes that pays. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, hmm. uh, so yeah, Jodas and Ira signal that they went, they want Onkali mates so they can have children, and once they do, they can everyone can come and examine their children, and you know, and they will realize that they are not dangerous. The question was then if they planted a town. Jodas responded that they didn't realize that they would be staying here so permanently, so they didn't. So their next task, told by many on Kali, was to plant a town. Kaguya spoke aloud, saying that they should plant a town because in less than 100 years, it and its mates will be dead, so they need a proper town. Um, Jodas mm. asked them if they'd be permitted to on Kali mates. And there was a clear discussion, but the result was this. Plant a town, people will come. And that's where the chapter mm. ends. Yeah, the sort of experiencing the the consensus from the inside. I think we have a more like a richer, deeper experience of what the consensus is 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 like to participate in as as a an active participant in the conversation mm-hmm. than we we had in the previous one. Like in in a, the consensus with Akeen, he was still you know uh, not an, an adult and, and he's not an Uloi. So the, I think there's a um, like a, a difference in the degree to which we could engage in that conversation, and it's still yeah. part of that sort of transition that we're going through. I think across this story from like a more human to a more Arancali mm. perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think we had a like a a clearer view of what the consensus is like, and it, it seems analogous a bit to um, like uh, participatory democracy processes that that humans sometimes attempt to, to do, where you know you have a um, like a uh, a citizens' assembly, or, or, or mm, uh, like sort, mm. sortition, to kind of randomly select people to participate in like a policy consultation process. You know, you, you get the views of the various stakeholders and, and experts in in a particular subject, and you you have them all discuss that in a public forum and the implications of various courses of action, and you you come to kind of a, a consensus as to what like the the sensible policy position should be, and then you get like some kind of democratic assent to to that from. Yeah, the, the 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 people. I think it's a, a pretty good model of of how a, a participatory democracy process could work. <laughs> I mm. think, like this is, uh, you know, when we all talked about, um, uh, oh, I forgive me, I don't remember the the minister of the technology in Taiwan. Oh, um, Audrey Tang. Audrey Tang, yes, sorry, I apologize. I remember mm. it was Tang, but I couldn't remember the first name. Um, mm-hmm. It's similar to what you were talking, telling me about the whole, you know, um, how the, how they set up the, the, you know, mm-hmm. taking the policies. The, the platform that they yeah, have. Yeah, the yeah. platform mm-hmm. of, like, you know, using a statistical, you know, um, analysis of like general people's views and then like aggregating things and so, like what's the consensus on that situation if i i find it very similar re- to this yeah just to recap in case anyone forgot how that 
what that is that the, in Taiwan they have this platform called V Taiwan, which is built on a, a tool called Polis. Um, which was developed, I think, in, in Seattle for doing like public consultations. And its uh, function is to sort of uh, uh, like gather public opinion and sentiment on a subject. Um, and the way that it works is people make statements about the subject or about the, the question under consideration, and then people can either agree or disagree with those statements, and then it sort of produces a, a cluster, right? But the, the, the sort of incentive to get people to agree with your statement is to find a statement which is... Um, like most representative of a consensus opinion, mm. um, so like those are the ones which get the most agreement, right? So uh, unlike most other like online forums, which tend to produce a like an incentive towards what's the um, like multiple like multipolar divisive opinions, where you'll you'll get like a lot of people agreeing with this and a lot of people agreeing with that. It's quite good at attracting consensus opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So yeah, so I, it feels to me like it, this is like like the way it sort of functions in more cases. Like there's a idea thrown in, few ideas. They if they're overlapping, they sort of like create a node that's like well, this is what we all think, and then basically there's a from the noise order comes you know appears type of situation. And the more order, the mm-hmm. more stronger the opinion, the more consensus is uh, agreed between you know Don Cali type of situation, right? And then eventually you will get the group that's against and a group for, for this particular issue, and then they sort of communicate to get against each other type of situation until the discussion mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah comes it, to a conclusion it, it, or a compromise it's quite effective at, at focusing the discussion on kind of the like the concrete specifics right because yep. it, it, it tends to be the like the people who actually understand the the problem like the, the relevant stakeholders in the problem who are the ones who are the sort of main voices and then you have a like how, how do we want to balance the relative interests of these stakeholders mm-hmm. um in a way that you know best serves the the population as a whole right so you you have a like the stakeholders provide you with the like the best description of the problem because they're closest to it, and then the like the the um, judgment with respect to how you to resolve the conflict and the balance between those stakeholders is taken by the the broader mm-hmm. public in, in in the public interest, as it were, uh, which seems to be quite similar to what's going on in the Owen consensus, right? The the people with the the most relevant voices to the problem are the ones who are like actually conversing the most, but then you have people kind of um, like agreeing on what the balance should be with respect to, to yeah. Uh, the decision. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, this was, I think this is more like the way this is functioning and it, it makes sense because it's mm. in the chaos. You cannot like, especially you now, like I can imagine, you know, especially like internet fora when you have people just, mm throwing random words just to annoy everyone and just to create extra chaos and you know i'm sure there's a on kali like that just like messing around and just throwing you know mm-hmm. discord everywhere just just for the yeah, for the yeah. lols but it's, it's about uh, like the the design and construction of a forum that incentivizes um i don't know behavior that produces like a workable consensus and a deeper understanding of the problem rather than just uh, division and and inability to decide right yeah and, and having a a higher bandwidth process where you're actually getting more information about the specifics rather than kind of uh like casting the problem as a binary choice that's made by by ballot or or, or uh, by choice of political parties in in, in referenda or in, in elections is it's a it's a lot like 
that's that's a a lower bandwidth experience for the electorate, right? It's, it's literally a, a vote, which is yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that Audrey also talks about, right? Increasing the the bandwidth of, of democracy rather than like you know one bit every few years and casting yeah. a vote into a, a you know a, a richer experience for the uh, the electorate, yeah. more participation. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, before any of the other countries that both we live in uh, take this approach, I don't know, it's going to be another several generations. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll on that, see. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get to my chapter 16 prediction um, before we get more, even more depressed. Um, planting a town, a new love village, basically, you know, the fact that there are more co- of the construct Uloi means that there is something happening in the maturation stage and the desire of adult Uloi for Uloi children has grown so large that the Onkali need to finally plan and address this issue, you know, accordingly. So um, in my prediction, obviously, it, it, this is the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way for you know any conflict although I, knowing Octavia she would like to probably throw in a final you know log in front of your our feet just just for the sake of it but i think this is a case where yeah a village is gonna a new uh, planted village is gonna take place and any construct uloi or any onkali that want to observe more closely the construct uloi will join that village mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> a little bit of a compromise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the, the uh, you know the construct will get to to do their thing, but the um the concerned concerned parties get to keep an eye. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. No. And I can mm. imagine the reason why they want to plan the town is that because the town itself, the sh- uh, the shuttle, is. Mm connected to the mothership and the villages are called you know uh connected to the motherships and it will send signals if there's anything wrong it will always send signals right there's like something's happening to me type of situation you know please send help type mm-hmm. of you know so it's more of like yeah, also yeah. a control a control uh, system containment yeah, it's, system, it's an interesting sorry. one right because yeah it's it's uh it's both infrastructure in that it's um you know, provides all of the the basic needs for for its inhabitants, mm-hmm. um, but there's an element of uh, of legibility, right? It, the, it it means that the rest of the society can see what's going on. There's, exactly, there's transparency there, and um, it's but also potentially surveillance, depending on how you want to. Exactly, cast that. and then also <laughs> you know, it's also a reminder to what happened in the beginning of the book where Jodas was mm. going undergoing its first metamorphosis right like they had mm. to put him uh because at the time he was uh, considered like he's going to be a male they were they put it mm-hmm. on the you know on the pieces of wood uh or, or rather like a mat so that like mm-hmm. it didn't touch the ship so it didn't affect its ship because it already you know making postules growing on it that were like you know stinking poisonous and stuff like that so it made sense. Mm. This this is gonna be like a sensory in case anything goes wrong, contain it as much as you can and um, send mm. for, send signal to help for help to to come. Yeah, uh, it serves as a a bit of an early warning system yeah. if anything's uh, if anything's going awry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's get to chapter sixteen, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So the chapter begins with Jodas finding the one single cell inherited from Nikanj that would start creation of an Onkali ship. The seat could, in fact, become a town, or a shuttle, or great mothership like Chkachktak. 
In Jodas's eyes, it would become a town and then leave the Earth as a great ship. It would not be something as measly as shuttle. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of an interesting perspective there. In the, uh, I'm not, I'm not, it, it's a little unclear why exactly it, it, it thinks that the, this particular seed will become like a great ship. Uh, it does definitely seem to have that conviction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, nope, this is going to be a great mothership. Like, no other motherships have ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Jodat would nourish the cell and encourage it to divide several times. After that, it would take one cell and return it to the stasis for future use. The remaining seed was kept inside of it until the place where it would be planted was agreed between the humans who lived in the valley and the visiting families. The place I thought this was actually quite quite a good little um uh I don't know, it feels like a fairly accurate representation of a, a little bit of like stem cell type oh, biology. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like this, yeah. this little quiescent ship stem cell sat in the Yashi and then, you know, wakes it up, divides it a few times to make some slightly more replicative daughter cells and then puts the uh, the the stem cell back into quiescence. Yeah, absolutely. This is exactly what we do in you know cell culture. You have some cells, you mm. you you expand them as as that's the proper term, and then once you're happy, you take some and you freeze them down and and for later use to expand them later on. It's exactly the same process. So, mm. and similarly in like biologically in stem cell niches in in. Uh, organisms oh, yeah. not just in cell culture yeah. absolutely so you know a forced senescence i would say and then rewaking it when the time is needed right so mm -hmm. um yeah absolutely the place to plant the seed was chosen to be upriver from the mountain village plenty of land and water easy access to minerals close enough to the humans but far enough from their crops because the growing seed would be voracious um one of the elders agreeing with the space uh, you know, agreed with the space uh, location, and Jesusa saying that there is enough room for plenty more people. She wanted a child more than Jodas did. It was hard for her to wait for Don Calumates, but soon enough, the family will grow. And the chapter ends with Jodas finally taking out the seed and planting it, beginning a new chapter in their lives. And this is where the book finishes, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Yeah, the end of the book, end of the trilogy. End of yeah, it's end of the Xeno Genesis trilogy. My goodness, mm -hmm. uh, be beginning of a of a new great ship. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's pretty crazy how um, and it's such an open ended, <laughs> like uh, like it, it is very open ended. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's, oh uh, my goodness, come on, Octavia, come on. <laughs> yeah, it is a. I don't know that in some ways it's not the most satisfying of endings because it, it, I mean, we do get a lot. We do get a lot of the narrative threads that are open and closed. Yeah. But at the same time, like this whole like initial, this this whole series of three books is very much about the beginning of a, mm. a new like probably multi millennium long process. Of exactly. Like the, exactly. The, you know, the integration of the the humans into the Oankali species, and this is kind of the the earliest fraught stages of that um, that we we see in the snapshot. So that there's a sense in which it it makes sense that it's open ended. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's but in the fact like you know we haven't heard anything from Akin's perspective, right? So like I I could imagine mm. like Octavia leaving it open ended, maybe thinking about oh maybe I will write more or something or a short story about it or something was like because I would, because you know 
I'm sure fans will be like, oh, what happened to Akin? How's he's doing? How's they you know the colonies on the Mars? I'm sure there's some like mm. conflict and you could literally, you know, write a, almost like a short story, short, you know, part book about it. And I think um, it, it is an, it, it's definitely an interesting choice to, to not give us a lot of what's going on on in the Mars colony, right? Because a, a big chunk of the 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 second book particularly is about this you know the ability of the humans to kind of retain and an independence uh, sort of you know taking this this uh like harder path to retain their human yeah. identity separate from the the Oankali. um and you know the the contrast of that to the you know the, the choice of integrating with the Oankali. Yeah. and yet we don't ever really see what the human experience is on mars we have the we have the resistor experience which is a fairly uh, a fairly pitiful one right they're not really doing terribly well i mean there's a there's an interesting contrast in 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 there or contradiction in there in that there's a um i mean you can sort of admire the stubbornness Mm -hmm. of the resistors right they're they're sticking to their guns but at the same time they're they're uh you know like uh, suffering and not doing very well and uh, as as a result and but then presumably uh the like you know their 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 victory of retaining an independent human population on mm-hmm. on mars uh should yield some uh like some positive outcome it's like that's yep. the 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 re- the remainder of the human identity and what does that look like and yet we don't we don't see that part of the the story oh absolutely it's, uh, yeah. It's it's interesting because you know I feel like and also because the whole purpose was Akin was saying that the whole purpose of Mars is to f- make humans struggle and maybe genetically forced out the whole hierarchy versus you know intelligence type of situation that's you know it's all talked about in the books all the time you know the humans having this mm. issue where like there's this still evolutionary hierarchy between you know us and then there's also I mean, the development of the intelligence and i don't know that that's like the purpose per se so much as like the hope yes it's, that, yeah uh, yeah it, it, the sort of um, what the Oankali regard as like a slim chance of the humans not you know, maturing again into a civilization that will destroy itself. Exactly, but you know, you know, what I mean, like it's it's it was yeah. the whole mm. what Nikana sorry Akin was hoping for, and mm. uh, it, to see because you know and maybe you know at the moment they're like all focus you know the whole idea if there was a story follow-up, I would imagine that the story follow-up would be, you know, several hundred years in future. Hmm. Where maybe Nikanj is still around... Sorry, Akin... I keep saying Nikanj. Akin is still around. Uh, mm-hmm. Very old construct Uloi. Uh, and then, or uh, whether... No. I, maybe it's 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 uh, his um, offspring or type of situation, right? Like the very few remaining construct um or on Kali that are mm. left behind on the Mars, whereas the majority is just humans, right? Uh yeah, that's, actually, that's an interesting one as well, right? Because in, in in the Mars colony it's mostly gonna be uh, you know, like pure humans. Plus some more helping on Kali, you know, but Yeah, a a keen and the uh, the other Onkalian constructs who are there kind of assisting in the colony development. I it might well be that they get pushed out of that process as oh, soon yeah. as the humans can be self-sufficient independent yeah so, absolutely so that, yeah, that strikes me as 
an interesting potential like bit of um conflict for a, the, the basis of a story there right the um and a, the the independence of the the human mars colony and the 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 friction over the presence of constructs and oankali on on mars exactly I, I can imagine it being a hell of a good book because it you would have this you know obviously the conflict and then you'd have you know the constructs hiding away from you know, in the uh, in the colonies whatever like however they look like um mm. and uh, basically maybe it happened that at some point after several generations the constructs mm. start to look more like human or the construct alloy that are form starting yeah. to form like they have the ability to hide have, um, uh, okay yeah like a the 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 ones that kind of blend in yes you know, in the uh, population you 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 definitely end up with like human factionalism there around yes. kind of like a hardline human independence we should sever all ties with the Oankali type movement and then others who are like you know we should you know maintain diplomatic relations and we're still like highly dependent on them for certain types of resources and yeah so, so yeah there's, there's a but i feel uh, also definitely be a political divide yeah but i also feel like that the anti Oankali uh, group would be more of like underground type of situation it wouldn't be like a blown on conflict but like suddenly the story begins with mm. um suddenly like these constructs are were found dead in you know in this like and how is it possible type of situation yeah like, the sort of the the hardcore zealot independent human group um kind of you know terrorist like activity and yeah and at the same time like doing that in a a harsh mars colony type environment yeah. where any kind of like terrorist like terror like activity is going to be a big problem for the entire community because exactly. they're still kind of probably living in in situations where they've got you know, like domes and survival is difficult so there's a yeah yeah it, a lot of potential there yeah <laughs> so yeah it's, it's just quite and then obviously you have jodas uh, who would eventually after several millennia um rip up you know mm. chunk of the earth and then you know it's uh the mothership you know floating away somewhere Mm, yeah and also just things like how much of the original human culture remains would yeah behind survive on yeah. mars like what what cultural artifacts and like access to the the archives that the Ankali took to the humans on mars have or not have is there suspicion that they're holding back on certain information and, and technology mm. and uh, yeah yeah that's actually a I hadn't really delved into exploring that as a, as a, as a I can also imagine for a, story. a short story Good. about like a few remaining humans on the planet Earth after it was like stripped almost fully naked from by the Onkali's you know, ships. There have you no know, villages that have been grown into the fully grown, you know, sized ships. And mm -hmm. basically, you know, the planet, the whole planet became a basically a desert except for some maybe one or two like oasis somewhere or uh, um around the, I, mean, you know, I, I get the feeling there's not going to be an atmosphere left yeah but that's what i'm saying like down. you know if anything like it's going to be super like you know harsh environment um mm. and then but somehow you know because humans are this resilient like somehow they would survive like few and like you know the sort of like mm. in, in knowing octavia bartlett it would be very like dark ending where basically there's no hope or anything it's just you know like but this is like what what happened of the remaining humans type of situation uh, okay yeah so the the maybe yeah, some some um relation to our like terrorist splinter cell and yeah. the 
human human independence movement you know commandeers a ship and goes back to earth only to find that you know it's a barren stripped rock in a vacuum yeah and then you know like you find it, it, it like that person finds you know dead sort of like skeletons of whatever remaining like of humans that you know who stayed behind and you know that's it like there's nothing else just you know dust type of situation mm. Mm. Ah, wonderful right <laughs> <laughs> octavia yeah, has uh, had uh, too much influence on us no more good no happy ending books for us ever again <laughs> well i mean that's such a kind of what one of the um the questions i i, I have later but which we should do a little bit of our retrospective yet, yeah so what what's the what sort of sentiment do you end up coming away from these with sure a, so i guess uh, yeah. let's go like to our general st- usual structure of like when we finish a book and uh, maybe i'll give a very short summary of the, what book three was about and then we can sort of Mm -hmm. like remind ourselves of the stories and whatever and whatnot um yeah just a bit of a so overview let's like in part one we in metamorphosis of the imago book we are introduced obviously to a new character jodas uh obviously the child of our you know protagonist previous protagonist lilith and nikanj and who's supposed to be male and then but after you know since being a long time now uh our boy nikanj gets a bit careless and the result is be jodas becoming an Uloi construct first of its kinds again mm. um so as it happens, you know, Nikan's trying to convince everyone that uh, it's going to be okay, but the conclusion is they have to go to an exile. And um, because, as it's also a fact that Jodas is having problem with controlling its body, right? The moment it touches anything, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it starts, like, probing environment and understanding it, it's actually unconsciously modifying it. So it's it's a problem. And mm-hmm. we also learn about an organ, this Uloi organ called Yashi, that where the, all the genetic engineering is told the genetic material takes place. And at the end of this sort of um, chapter of this part, we uh, were told that family has to go on an exile and for Jodas to learn its own abilities and, you know, um, because alternative would be go to the mothership and be under constant mm-hmm. resilience of other Ankali. Uh, but as they go out, they get ambushed and they get shot, and then, but at the end of everything is fine, and they rescue another human. But you know, they have to go back to Low Village to heal, and then they go off the journey again uh, at the end of the part one. Mm, yeah, so the, we have a yeah, part one's a bit kind of a bit messy right? <laughs> in various ways. So there's this, Especially the end of it, uh, yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff goes wrong, and we kind of go out, and we go back, and then we, we yeah, and, and there's which which I think makes sense because you know, the, the the exterior turmoil reflects the kind of interior turmoil yeah. of, of Jordas's like uh, identity crisis, exactly. of kind of you know discovering that it's an an Uloi and 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 um, dealing with the the implications of that and the the, the disapproval from um, the, um, the the I suppose the the, the Oankali consensus, or yeah. I say like the Oankali powers that be, but they're not, not hierarchical, relatively speaking. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, to be fair, it's understandable because, mm. you know, at that point, like, we we learn, like, you know, Jodas 
modified its own hand to the level that you no, know, even the can't had mm. problems to, to fixing it. You know, those strange postures and smelling, you know, like off, like awfully smelling and type of situation. And I mentioned mm. earlier modifying the ship where it was lying. You know, it's, it's all of those things. And obviously, Nikanj had to yeah. like modify check the air and bacteria for anything so that it didn't like mm. create super super strain that would wipe out everyone and you know all of those weird <laughs> things. Yeah. And you've got it kind of um, uh, exploring its uh, <laughs> its uh, its identity, but at the and, and and making a bit of a, a mess as a result, exactly. which is a, 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 an interesting kind of allegory for the um, I don't know perhaps the the experience of someone going through an identity crisis, particularly in the context of <laughs> a very like, one related yeah. to to gender. <laughs> a very <laughs> so, very uh, dangerous, you know, uh, identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. But the, the the possibility of accidentally creating a pandemic is not one that normally besets people <laughs> and, uh, experiencing a, a crisis of gender. Exactly, I suppose. But uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no. relative scale of problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then in part two we have you know after the first fiasco of the journey they get out again. Um, obviously, Jodas is having problem with controlling its powers unless it meets another human. And the first human it meets is the named Joao, uh, who's attracted to Jodas. Uh, but the man didn't last long a month because at the time it had pro- the man had problem with the leg, and then Jodas made it to fall off and then regrow. Uh, and then, to everyone's surprise, Ayer started its metaphorosis, but not into female, but in Uloi as well. Uh, in the mm. meantime, Jodas became a lizard, you know, started moving more and more away from his family, eventually to meet another set of humans, Thomas and Hisusa. And to uh, this surprise, um, Jodas, because, and us, to be fair, because when Jodas touched them, mm. it realized that they were actually fertile. They were untouched by Kylie and they are uh they're fertile but they're struggling with the genetic diseases so mm. the story continued with Jodas secretly following them until they co- it couldn't stop itself anymore and came out to to them right got shot then connected with them healed and eventually made their way back to Jodas's family and before that though Jodas started second metamorphosis and Jesus got shot yeah it's surprisingly a large number of people get shot yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about all all, all of the uh, yeah, and then it, it's uh, in Jordas uh, getting shot here is uh, shot by Hazusa, uh, which yeah, yes, uh, then the initial like yeah, shot. That, uh, yeah, they have a a rocky start. To that I know, right? I suppose. But I guess yeah. sometimes the rocky mm. stars create the strongest relationships. <laughs> Uh, maybe well, yes, but especially when you're you're helped along by um Owen Carly Pheromones. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it was a crazy uh, you know, chapter that you know Jodas becoming the the monster of the Black Lagoon and then uh, and then modify itself to look more like Jesus and Thomas and you know yeah, it, it, the whole like pangolin with a human face phase yeah exactly and the <laughs> Lilith just basically you now telling it off to, it's modifying its body too much and it's just weird and you know the whole identity crisis type of situation yeah and it's, it, it's the the relationship there with the the parents as well right you know they're they're uh, supporting jordas and and Aeor, like against the like 
wider Owen Carly societal disapproval, but at the same time they have their own like uh, you know, trying to help them yeah. figure stuff out and like you know that's probably not the best idea. Maybe do this exactly. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, generally, uh, generally supportive though, which is uh, uh, nice. Exactly. <laughs> and then finally, the part three I- imago um, of the book um, is you know the group finally makes it to the family house where Jodas was going you know crazy about Jesus and Thomas while in the meantime Ero was struggling with the lack of mates and eventually in desperation Ero goes out to find the village where Jesus and Thomas come from but um, it never managed to and then it came back and it w- if it wasn't for the younger their younger siblings they wouldn't realize that the blob that swam to the edge of the river was actually Ayer. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jodas managed to rescue it somehow by connecting it to Jesus and Thomas and Jodas acting as a bridge. But, you know, it wasn't the most pleasant experience for both of the, for the, for the couple, for the siblings as well for Jodas, but it stabilized air enough for them to decide to venture forth to find a human village and potential mates for air. So, you know, mm, they... Man, it feels a- mm-hmm almost like a bit of an an allegory for um depression or something along those lines yeah you've, you've got someone who's like unable to to meet some of their basic needs and and is kind of having a crisis as a result so they need to be supported to to keep yeah. things together in in a very literal sense exactly. in, in aor's case exactly yeah. So yeah, and this is where we are in like more f- most fresh part of the p- part where probably more everyone remembers it, but you know they went to a village, but they almost uh, trying to attempt to sneak in, but they get caught, but you know, they almost get caught by his and Thomas sacrificed themselves to distract the guards from the construct alloys. And once the siblings are taken away, you know, our our team goes up and to find a vantage point where they meet another set of humans, which then get claimed by Aeor. They also meet another small human with uh, a with a filter mouth named Santos. And eventually, you know, they meet uh, another set of humans that came to check up on the on the group, and you know, go and through the different events, Jodas and Ayer devise a plan to go down and rescue the siblings. But as all these things go, things go south, and they get trapped. Luckily for them, through the power of their pheromones, the humans allow the Uloys and the mates to stay together and don't call visit. And at the end. The consensus decides that Jodas should plant a seed for a new Ankali town where the construct Uloys would live. And that's where the part three finishes, and the book three, uh, Imago. Mm, yeah, yeah. So they uh, they find their their mates. They um, and get this straggling group of humans. Um, the the opportunity to be like healed of their genetic diseases and make the choice of either joining the Oankali trade or going off to Mars. Mm. And uh, you know, get somewhere to to live with the the next generation of of new constructs. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all, it all uh, wraps up quite nicely. It's nice because the, in this book we actually had the perspective from the first perspective, right? All the other two books were from mm. the third perspective. We were like the observer of them, whereas this time it was from Jodas's perspective. You know what what it is to be a construct, right? So. Especially construct mm. alloys, so it, it was an interesting change yeah. of the pace and um, perspective to uh, for us to understand more of how it felt. Yeah, I, I think we, we do sometimes get a little bit of kind of what's going on internally with with Lilith sinking in the first book, but it's not quite. It's not like first person. It's kind of like a, it's like a close second person, yeah. something or like a, a third person omniscient. I forget what the terminology is, but yeah, we have this kind of like. Uh, 
relatively close following of, of Lilith, and then was a, was a little bit more detached in some ways with the Keen, a little bit more distant, and then uh, yeah, closed in again on actually more first mm. person. With, and I think I think that helps the, that contributes to this this sense of like moving from a more human perspective through to a more Alankali perspective in this whole and under- uh, yeah, like across the course of the. Like it was a very grand. I think it's a. I don't know if I would notice this in my first read through of the books, right? I, I think it's only after having reflected on them to actually realize at, that at length yeah. that I noticed this yeah. as a as a device. But yeah, I think it's actually a. a, a in retrospect, it feels very intentional as a, oh, yeah. as a as a means of like, you know, uh, putting you in the heads of of the Oankali it, here. It makes sense, right? Because mm. we talked about it, and basically, it's to show how alien the Oankali were initially, and then if time mm. progressed, we sort of got into understanding because they became more. The, the more they mi- mingled with humans, the more we started to sort of understand them, right? And it, that's what mm. the final stage is. Basically, the final, the ultimate form of a Oankali is the is the Uloi. But this time we mm-hmm. have a mix of human and the Onkali, so we have the both perspective in a very in-depth understanding. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's. Uh, it, I think that the other thing that we, you begin to notice is that the the construct Uloi get get less human, and they they they, they there's aspects of the way that humans think that they they find harder to to empathize with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's an interesting kind of as usual. You have like both sides of the argument well made <laughs> in in uh, a kind of um, in, in Octavia's writing. Mm. You know, you have this like the, the importance of empathizing with and understanding and and comprehending another person's position in order to like you know get on and and uh, make progress in the world. But at the same time, like the difficulty and sometimes almost complete incommensurability of of, of uh, or, or impossibility of actually being able to to do that across like major barriers in this case of of actual like you know cognitive architecture right they yeah. think differently they perceive differently it's yeah. not even like just a cultural boundary it's a uh, a more biologically profound one um, absolutely yeah. absolutely mm. that was a fantastic book and i think you know it was interesting right it is that like we get to get finally the perspectives and we learn how the Onkali do the whole genetic engineering, the, uh, especially especially the Uloi, um, that, you know, there's an, you know, a organ that, that, that does it. And obviously, we not enough details, but still, there's something out there that explains <laughs> the whole, you know, how the Onkali function. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a... In some ways, just the right amount of detail. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's not uh, so detailed as to be like you uh, could distracting pick, or a problem yeah, for the story. Because the more um, detail you would put, the probably the more pick on it you could uh, like you know the the flaws in, in, in the logic. Indeed, yeah, yeah. If 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 you're if you're too specific with your your fictional technology, it's easier to 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 debunk, as it were. But if you're if you're like sufficiently vague that there's enough room for interpretation, but you've kind of understood the principles well enough that like a specific interpretation can can like charitably be devised that still makes sense yeah. <laughs> it's a very good balance that that octavia struck there with the way she writes about the biological technology because yeah, yeah. it's 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 sufficiently detailed that you can come up with a like a plausible uh, scientific narrative but it's it's not it's not too detailed that it's easy to you know, that she's made like a, uh, actual 
uh, errors of mm-hmm. factuality or that it's like distracting for the for the story yep. it, it, it adds to the story through its, its level of detail because it's it, it's well thought through and the mechanics make sense but um it's not you know um it's not, it's not just for 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 nerds like <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah um we did discuss some topics interesting topics in the part three um science-wise based and we talked you know obviously the hierarchy of needs that was obviously related to Aeor and the whole you know mm. undergoing the metamorphosis and how it needed a you know a mates compared to you know human the hierarchy of needs um we talked about weird stuff like honey hunting in Nepal, especially in the honey that where this bit, uh, you know, uh, you can, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, it, it, it was like a drive. I can't remember the context that came up in. It was basically the whole idea of like the strange, uh, it was used to get high, right? Like for the honey kind. And then I mentioned like mm. combo clans uh, yeah. where like the poisonous frogs were used to, um, you know humans were stabbing themselves to like sort of Mm. gain sort of um uh, initially resistance to those poisons but uh and venoms but you know in the same time it's actually used as alternative medicine also to get Mm. high um but yeah it was a weird you know Mm. mentions weird topics we mentioned also about like testicular volume versus infidelity and then generally had the discussion about infidelity um that was related to the whole <laughs> thing because obviously the genetic, you know, there was a humans, um, that the ones that were fertile obviously had to have children with their own children type of situation. Though, so yeah, I think it might have also been in the context of like uh, fidelity in Kali society because they seem to have this like really strong biological yes. pair bonding. Well, not pair, but like triple bonding. Uh, uh, whatever the thruple bonding i don't know yeah <laughs> whatever you want to call it yeah. the, the group of three but yeah um and, and that seems to be like you know fixed um yeah but uh you know and, whereas uh, and there's you know the, another point of uh, like potential friction with the in- incorporation of the the humans and uh, that kind of thing i think yeah it, yeah it was it I think it was the perspective which others like he was fi- it was finding it weird, but we also talked about the Bloom syndrome at least as a one of possible explanations the way that the uh, fertile humans looked like and the whole tumors and the whole ideas. Just, we sort of came to a conclusion that might that might be the. I think that was specifically for for Santos. Although he doesn't fit that diagnosis but terribly well. well. Yeah. Was, but yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, we talked about you know. The W, uh, the World War, Second World War, uh, propaganda about carrots and uh, adaptation to the darkness, um, and finally the attractiveness and the grades bias. We basically, we were talking about you know how Honkali were attractive and the whole pheromones changes, and then we just divert uh, conversation mm-hmm. to like Some the grades bias. bias yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we, as usual, we cover a, a varied, very, very <laughs> wide of topic, of to- mind of topics. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, good. Uh, good source of jumping off points for, for fun <laughs> conversations. Ah, uh, our lovely ways of going off tangent. You know, just we just love having yep. conversation about this stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, I had a few like questions to ask you, kind of summing up at the end here. But we we also had like a a, a, a like a high level summary of the the whole trilogy mm-hmm. we, we did like review that book but uh, should, should we should we do the 
the little high level summary first and then yeah to yeah let's do the broader questions. really quick like high level summary of everything because i think then we're sort of up to date i mean we talk about it all the time but it's good to like mm. summarize and then we have we can go through the questions you have um yeah, it's nice to reflect on the the whole thing yeah so mm. in book one um uh, we had a human protagonist lilith who needs needed to survive on an alien ship finding out that the earth was destroyed due to nuclear war 250 years prior to the events of the book she learns about the Onkali and her mission to awaken and train humans to survive in the jungle or the new version of the jungle that's on the earth at the moment the the mission that the uh, the Onkali want her to yes, fulfill yes exactly <laughs> not necessarily her mission per se yes yes it's the Onkali uh, uh, mission that given to her and the humans mm. that were awakened don't believe her because you know they're trapped in the room and there's no aliens around but they can't leave so it's it gets really spiced up up until the very fi final point where Onkali have to show it themselves and then because there's almost an uprising and mm. then they're moved into a training room a replica of a jungle where they have to survive but you know some humans decided to find an exit thinking that they're actually because it was so realistic they thought that they actually might be on earth um but they weren't they were still on the ship until one of um little partner joseph's dies is killed in the, by some of those humans and nikanj her ulami mate is hurt and that stops the experiment um nikanj obviously survives and the humans are sent to earth mm. and yeah and actually finally the final twist was that lilith is pregnant with Joseph's children. Indeed. I don't, uh, I don't recall if... Uh, yes, that was the final chapter, basically, where Nikanj tells her, yeah, you're pregnant with Joseph. I made you pregnant type of situation, and you're going on the earth. Was her first child also fathered by Joseph, or was it only Akeen? I can't remember what the I th the um, male parentage of... Because she had, like, a couple of... She had a couple of kids before she had yes, Akeen. Yes, yes. Akeen was definitely Joseph's, but I don't remember about the... I think all of those kids were Joseph's because before Tino okay. came in, Tino only comes in the second book. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with the the uh, Owen Carly have uh, whatever resources they want when it comes to uh, selection of uh, of uh, potential fathers, right? They yeah. could be from their archives. So. Exactly, it's like yeah. oh, today we will have <laughs> this child, this one's child. Okay, cool. Yep, could have asked me about that. Uh, yeah, ask me how I'm <laughs> I'll tell you what I think. With my fist. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then we have book two. Um, where the story is from perspective of Lilith's son. A construct son. A first one to ever exist. It's a story where he, uh, of Akin. Where a boy gets kidnapped and grows for a few years in a human village. Being taken, by a care, being taken care of by uh, a pair of fr old friends. Well, if you can call them that. Um, Lilith's old friends. Acquaintances. <laughs> Gabriel and Tate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tate, I think, was still a friend, sort of. But Gabriel was just a bit of an ass, so that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Uh... A nice way to put Friends it. Friends with a slightly tense relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, Akin was left behind by Don Kali so that he can learn about the humans and help Onkali to understand them. What the result becomes is that the Akin realized that the human need a version of an Agjai, basically a, a group that can reproduce just between themselves without Don Kali interference. 
the boy eventually manages to convince Don Kai to help it to him to create a colony on the planet Mars to let the humans live there, because eventually the Earth will be stripped of all of its natural resources when the great Onkali ships are created. And that's where the book uh, two basically finished. You know, the, we have our boy grow up and then create a consensus to, to for humans to actually have the ability to have their own children without the Onkali presence. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting how they make that case as well, right? The the whole concept of a, a human acti, right? They 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 use a concept that is culturally familiar to and, and compelling to the the Oankali as their their case for the exactly. human colony, right? It's the this notion of an acti group that is the you know the the conservative branch, as it were, you know, the <laughs> one that's not integrated yeah. with the the new stuff as a as a you know a hedge against something mm-hmm. going wrong. Um, but that's valid for both parties in the uh, um, in, in this exchange, right? Absolutely. If, if the Oankali get an Akjai, then why don't the humans? Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, the, the book three, I just, you know, described in a quite detail, so don't need, we don't need to go into more detail, but we know it's about the construct of Ojoda. So, yeah, we had all the mm-hmm. different perspectives of human, a male construct, and then the construct of Oloi, and... As we discussed, it changed the perspective changed each time to sort of represent the more human humanized sort of version of Don Kali. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the series so far. So now I think I had a few questions to kind of get get some of your like reflections. Go on, on go on, on. Tell me, ask me. Back over the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, what's your what are your feelings about the Owen Kali right at the end of this series? Right? Are they are they hero, heroes or villains? Are they a bit of both? Are they they like rescuers or are they like colonists and, and oppressors? What's the what's your like you know? Uh, how do you feel about the Owen Kali now at the end of this? It, we've discussed this a few times, and it's still I'm still with the whole idea, right? If Don Kali arrived on the planet before the whole, you know, war, nuclear war, it would be a completely different perspective, right? Because Don Kali would obviously would not wa- stop themselves from, um, uh, you know, it, this is such a tasty, you know, looking, uh, you know, tradable species. We want mm-hmm. them. And obviously, there would be humans who would be willing to go uh, escape this planet and do whatever they want, right? But there would be obviously much mm. more a um, reserved and almost an aggressive um, attitude to the Onkali, right? Who are you? You know, obviously, there's mm-hmm. aliens. We don't understand them. Aim all your weapons at them type of situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for the fact that, you know, Onkali arrived when we almost basically wiped ourselves out, then, you know, it, it was just more of like, at the time they probably saved, obviously they were saviors, but then again, their attitude towards humans was at least condense- to condescending at, to, 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 to mm-hmm. say at least, right? Because, um, obviously we were, you know, humans, some humans were, uh, looking for this perspective, you know, it was understandable. Like, why do you trap us? Why, why come in and then, like, no, you cannot reproduce without us. Like, that's the end of the story. And you know? it took us, it took almost a century until Akin was born to actually create a Mars colony, right? So it took literally a whole century and the whole conflict with the foreign Kali to realize that the resistors, you know, the humans need that sort of some will be fine, some, you know, will not. Some will basically agree to it, mm. but will live with the guilt for the rest of their life, i.e. Lilith, right? So it, it's, for mm. me, it's a mixed bag. 
the initial steps, obviously, you know, they say it because they wanted to, they found them fascinating, but at the end of the day, Don Kali had the power over humans, like, we couldn't, the humans couldn't, even though they had guns, right, Don Kali, if they wanted, they could gas everyone from this distance, and then that would be the end of the story, like, all the humans would be found, because, you know, you just have to have an Don Kali who can see a thermal vision, and then, you know, no matter where you escape, they don't have to sleep, you can't escape, right, mm. so... Yeah, it's it's interesting because we you know, we have this this you know, we, we have to judge them about how they acted when we when we like when they found the humans at a disadvantage in some sense. We we don't have the counterfactual world of, of what how things would have unfolded um, if they'd uh, found them um, on a more even footing. It's a bit mm. of, I'm trying to think. There might be a bit of a historical parallel with like the the Portuguese and the Spanish in in, in South America, where like a lot of the civilizations there were kind of like collapsing prior to the arrival of the um the Europeans and then it was like exacerbated by the, the presence of Europeans of European diseases <laughs> yeah yeah well I mean, the, the the diseases like uh, smallpox and stuff and it wiped out a bunch oh, of yeah. the population of the that was already in trouble from like there was some kind of economic collapse with the the Inca and stuff going on anyway so it was a it was an it, you know they were kind of um and then they were introduced into the, you know, the Europeans with their technologically superior weapons. So, yeah, that, that didn't really help. That didn't reflect yeah. well yeah. <laughs> on the Europeans when they came in on people at a, a disadvantage, right? So um, I feel so, like, yeah, it's, it's a very good compar- you know, comparison between that because um, at the end, you know, there's still so, like what's remaining of the Incas, you know, empire, like just only some, you know, um, pyramids some sort of like old buildings that survived it some sort there's some people who maybe have um cop you know like through word of mouth you know uh from word of mouth you know to their like traditions whatever but they're being really blurred out and that's what remaining right mm-hmm. of the whole like, society a, a lot was lost and diluted yeah. and the same thing will happen here a lot, you know, Konkali claim that they are interested in the culture and that's what intrigues them. And then, but in reality, is like how many humans actually remember will follow this. They will have to mix, and their traditions. And at the end, like for example, in the Martian colony, you'll have a maybe some traditions. You know, like for example, in the book two, we had the religion. Obviously, it was a Catholic religion, but then it was a mix of something, a few different things, because people couldn't remember the Bible mm. that well. So you know, it was like a copy you know sort of mixing and stuff like that so all of that is going to be evolved and changed to like whatever remainings of the original tradition so that's exactly what it for me it is Mm -hmm. okay yeah interesting and there's kind of a related point here and to what we were just saying is like can humanity have been said to like survive this trade with the elankali and we've got the mars colony but like to what degree are we I, to what degree is humanity still a thing? I mean, <laughs> post Owen Kali trade. I mean, what is humanity like? I mean, this is a philosophical question, right? At this point, but mm-hmm. like, um, thinking about it in the perspective of, uh, you know, how civilizations change, right? Like, what, how we as humans mm-hmm. evolve, change physically and culturally, right? Obviously, um, as we are now, we cannot imagine what would happen if you no. Know, world war three would take place right obviously we completely wipe out and we probably some humans maybe survive and then eventually it will be like we remember and then you know in several centuries in the future we would probably redo the whole thing but the 
societies and humans mm-hmm. as they are would completely be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the TM Seven Eves is quite a good book to read from uh, from some of that perspective of uh, hu- humanity post collapse yeah. with some interesting uh, divergences. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah. it it would put the perspective mm-hmm. of like you know it's changed. So what is humanity? Humanity is you know like it's it would change. It'd be different. We would probably call ourselves you know human still and but. No, we're not Homo sapiens sapiens, but something else, right? Because eventually, mm-hmm. it would, like we would evolve enough. But you know, it's it's the same thing. Like when when cultures went in and countries, you know, like Britain and the empire, the Great British Empire, and it spread around the world. And you know, when there was a invasion into like different cultures, like did the cultures disappear? No, they evolved. Did they change the humanities? No, they, they changed, they, they adapted, right? The same here, like it's adaptation, it's a difference, the blend mm-hmm. of a new thing. Yeah, and the the like the colonizing culture changes to reflect the places it's colonized as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the, most of modern British culture is in some way cultural appropriation <laughs> from the places we colonized. It's a uh, you know tea and curry and you know it's it's uh, yeah, it's everywhere exactly if you look for example in the countries like for example poland because that's probably the you know closest his to home for me is that you know the country mm. disappeared for 123 years and until 1918 it didn't exist on the maps but humanity mm. like the cultural wise language preserved the uh, obvious obviously it evolved with time but it preserved you know, mm. culinary uh, traditions preserved, right? But then you look at the countries like that never had really an oppressor as such, like Britain. And as you said, like they adopted, you know, different spice and everything, but the traditional meals or like cultural like, cuisine has not really, is like, there's not really traditional, like there's the like, pies, haggis, whatever from the regional things, but not really something that like, oh, this is a traditional, traditional thing, like, not many people do it like at least i'm not i'm aware of i mean yeah it's a, it, it's all very heavily cross contaminated yeah. with the influences of many different um cultural backgrounds and like you, know, you talk about britain even within britain exactly right? <laughs> it's uh, you know in, in england's conquests of, of scotland and wales and ireland and the complicated mix of things within there you know like the the number of feuding groups within Within Britain, prior to it becoming the empire, and you know, the the Vikings and and all the yeah, rest it's... of it, right? The, the it, it throughout throughout that history, it was just an, a continuous a, like mixing and agglomeration of all these different cultures that kind of you know have you know fused and dis and separated out again in, in a, a very complicated mix exactly to yield the, the the modern result. And I mean, yeah. it also looking from the perspective of like. Um, Inter, like racial marriages, right? Like, for example, you know, you know, would have mm-hmm. in med- medieval times, you'd have like uh, brothers and sisters marrying, having offspring just to preserve their bloodline type of situation, right? Now it's not happening because we all know consequences of that. Um, but you know, like nowadays, the world is very open, right? Like, even though we still have conflicts, and the conflicts can be, you know, quite deadly, but it's still like, mm-hmm. you know, it's most one of the most peaceful. Uh, times in the, on earth and we get um you know people from different countries you know nowadays getting married having children you know and mm-hmm. so what is well, a humanity to, to, right like is you know yeah so it's just to to bring up a, 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 a an interesting sort of analogy to that right so you know the neanderthals mm-hmm. right, were like a separate species of humans but 
most Europeans have somewhere on the order of like 5% of Neanderthal DNA. We don't really think of the Neanderthals as existing anymore, but we did interbreed with oh, them yeah. and it eventually like I don't know, uh, probably ended up wiping them out or out-competing them in some sense or other. I mean, um, we were more social, but, had uh, higher brain density, they're obviously physically stronger, so, you know, that was that, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, what is the humanity at this point, like, and the, what we've done Kali, obviously, it's a completely different type of species, and the fact that, you know, technically, biologically, we would not be able to um, interbreed with them, but the fact is that Don Kali can genetically engineer the fact that they mm. can do it, like, to, you know, counter this uh, issue, so, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting di- the the distinction between like um, something like the the human lineage where you've got an interbreeding with various other hominids in our in our history and we happen to be the ones that kind of survived that process, um, but at the same time, you know, all life on on Earth is has a, you know, a common ancestor, mm-hmm. right? We're we're part of the same tree. Everything is 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 our distant cousins in in one uh, degree of removal or another, and Whereas the Oankali are from, as far as we know, an entirely different lineage, yeah. right? They're from a, a completely different, like, abiogenesis event. Well, we don't know if there's some kind of panspermia in this world where the, we were seeded from the same, um, like, population. But it seems as though they're completely independent. Yeah. Um, uh, but just there's a degree of convergence in, in um, biological, um, like, early biological determinism Absolutely. for what kind of biochemistry that happens in this in this universe that's sufficient that we have uh, enough cross-compatibility of our biologies that they can, you know, engineer us yeah. into interbreeding. But, yeah, it's sort of a... Um, it's not merely a cessation of, like, the the human lineage, per se, but the entirety of Earth's independence, right? Yeah. Uh, Earth as a whole, its whole um, branch of the tree is being merged with the, the Owen Carling uh, uh, branch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a hard question for me to you know like is if there's the humanity left like because at this point like if you survive right and um, like in for example case Lilith's case and you give offspring to the mixed trait right like there's still humanity dead like humanity is not what we are biologically it's more of like what we are conceptually right and if you preserve mm-hmm. some of the traditions. You still, you know, still be there, right? It's it's not like end of the story, and um, I don't know. It's just it feels to me. Well, I'm sorry. I do mean like humanity is obviously biologically, you know, it's like I I don't dismiss that. It's just the fact that you know, if you if you live and try to preserve some of the traditions you've had, then I mean, it will live, it will evolve. But it will still be a memory, right? And even if you know there's a mix of the Onkali and the humans, you still will have some part of the humanity in you. And I don't know. Yeah. So we do have the human Akjai, right? We yeah. have the the human colony on Mars. Yeah. So there's a it's a, an interesting split, right? Because they um, so this kind of leads into the the one of my next questions, which is um, what what do you think of um, like the Onkali? society right it, it, is it is it utopian or, or dystopian and like is this something you'd, you'd want to be a, a member of, of the Ankali society and participate in the trade or, or would you want to be on the mars colony and uh, and maintaining the the uh, independence of the human i mean <laughs> human race to be fair it's both perspective for me were like um quite interesting like if a given choice right let's say Ankali arrived and it's like we're gonna take over the earth 
whether you like it or not, you know, you can throw your nukes at us. It's not going to stop us. You know, it's, it's, it's actually futile. Um, and let's say, like, I'm saying perspective of, like, the humans have not the wall, like, nuclear war, right? But you will have an mm -hmm. option. You can trade with us or you go to the Mars and you create the Mars plan, you know, ex you know to the whole, um, uh, you know, what's the word um, uh, for, you know, the changing the environment in Mars? Uh, what's the... Uh, Ter terraform? Yeah, terraform the Mars, right? So both perspectives are fascinating, mm -hmm. right? You have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go to Mars and, you know, it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, but, you know, you have something that you know, creates a terraform a planet, right? And mm. that's fascinating, right? Like, that's something that I can imagine being an incredible, fascinating, especially, you know, the plants they provide and everything modify, right? On the mm. other hand, the trade is also an interesting choice because, I mean... If I had the opportunity to sort of like see from the perspective on Kali, like, you know, uh, when there's a consensus statement, like Lilith described, it's a very jarring experience, but it's an experience, right? Mm. And if I can mm. do a genetic engineering through an Uloi and be like, you know, I'm a genetic engineer, can you, you know, and have an Uloi and it's like, oh, can you do this and this? Can we check how it would function or whatever, like understanding? And then they were explaining, like, this is fascinating for me as a scientist and biologist, mm. right? So for me, both of the cases are very tempting, uh, but I would say probably I'm more tempted in the trade. I, I think that would be like, if I could preserve the technology and apply what the Indonkali sensitivity to the genetic engineering to the, our you know, tools, man, I'll be amazing mm -hmm. like type of situation. You know? Like you could do, like I, I'm sure our science would f skyrocket forward, you know, if I am allowed to do mm. that way, you know, type of situation, but nonetheless. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah it's definitely, I, I, I think that the, there's validity to, to both choices, which is, uh, 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 as, as usual with, with, uh, kind of the way that Octavia presents these in this book, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very nicely balanced, right? It, I, it, it leaves me with, with a, a sense of, um, uh, aporia, mm -hmm. uh, to borrow a word that um, Derrida seemed to like to use, uh, this sort of this um, impasse or puzzlement mm -hmm. in that uh, there's a, a lot of decision paralysis. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a, there's a lot of options, um, and they all seem to have a certain degree of uh, certain degree of merit. Uh, hmm. But yeah, the uh, the Oankali biological technology is is, is very um, very I interesting. Mean, you know, right? <clears throat> You know, it's it's amazing. Like, you know, the whole this um, plants and um, animals that they modified, and it's you know, like, wow, okay, this is this you know uh, being that we modified. It can we can use it to try you know move around the ship, and oh, this is that like a status where you can like sleep, and then it will you know uh, give you nutrients and oxygen, and then you'll heal you and stuff like. It's like cool, like. How does it work? You know, type mm -hmm. of situation. I would, you know, it's like a toy basically for me at this point. Like, you know, the 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 mm -hmm. the, the the creativity and the sense of wonder in me would want to learn more, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably also fall down on on the side of trade. Although I'm, um, I don't know, I, I'd I'd be happy the uh, the human actjai existed. Yes. I would <laughs> as a, as a, I, glad to know they're still out there, you know, just just in case. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. But you know, it's yeah. if given the choice you have either option of like trade or die on earth, like pff, 
I mean, survival, right? You know, you always think about survival of you, so mm-hmm. trade it is. Yeah, the, 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 the worst choice seems to be the, the resistor one of before the Actuai was an option. Yeah. Um, just, you know, being stuck there uh, with, with but, no future. And I honestly, I like, can understand, like, when, uh, you know, humans working hard to rebuild their cultures and then realizing that they cannot have children and then suddenly, like, desperation kicks in and, you know, people disappearing and it will be hard. It, mm. I can imagine it happening 100%, Octavia. It, it's literally, like, almost, you know, she, you know, like, I can see it happening, right? So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's well captured, the sort of um, slump into sort of hopeless desperation that the yeah. resistors seem to be exhibiting is yeah. and your question going back to your question about whether it's a dystopian or utopian society mm. i would say it's it's i don't know if it's an utopian society because i mean it's still like in utopian society you can do whatever you want and you don't have to worry about in onkali society you still have roles to fulfill right mm. and um and those roles are usually mating and you know exp- you know propagating. You have the three different groups that you know uh, exist. And but in terms of what I think is is I think it's more utopian from their perspective at mm-hmm. least because you know they do things and like there's a consensus and as we just mentioned talked about earlier on in the, uh, in the episode that you know they it's a democratic sort of consensus that everybody has to agree on and then you know it's. Even mm. if you disagree, they, they still take your uh, opinion in, right? Like, and it's not like, mm. amp- you know, like it's not like casting a vote and then like, oh, it doesn't happen. You're the person you're voting didn't vote through. It's like, it's like, what's the point type of situation? It still has some sort of impact. And yeah, it's not about, about the perspective of the human. Yeah, you know, it, mm. the society is not the most clear because obviously we are more hierarchical type of situation. So. I don't know. It's I, I. I think it's a more utopian sort of situation, but it's obviously not perfect. It's yeah. It's it's a very interesting one. I I struggle to kind of come up with a a good way of categorizing it. Again, it leaves me with this kind of like aporia thing mm-hmm. of like I I don't I don't know. <laughs> but in some ways, it feels to me almost like a like a more perfect realization of the the brave new world style dystopia of kind of you know you have all of your like needs net uh, uh, yeah your needs met and and your your um like purpose in society is kind of um like set up for you in advance which there's not a lot of like ability to make individual choices right because the you know your your biology is kind of matched to your purpose in society in the archive but there's also in some ways there's more choice and there's more respect for individual autonomy in the Oankali world because there's this sort of like recursive relationship between the what you want and what your biology is right you can kind of consciously influence your biological state or the biological state of of, of people around yeah. you if you're the the Oankali. so it's a, a yeah and, and, and it's um i don't know it, it feels like a, a a very literal take on like foucault's concept of biopower uh, uh, this sort of like ability to sort of uh, transmit knowledge and, and cultural norms to 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 people but in this case it's actually like literally in their genetics yeah and, and, yeah and, and it's yeah it's, uh, it's 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 quite totalizing but at the same time it also has quite a, a 
good degree of respect for individual mm. autonomy. So I, I really have a difficult time figuring out how to feel. About no, honestly, <laughs> absolutely, it's, it's it's hard. It's a hard topic, and that's that's the way it was written, right? Um, the problem mm. is like you know you compare it to Brave New World, and then at the end of the Brave New World, like obviously it's like you know the the characters that you know face the challenge of like the society is obviously flawed and it's using um you know mm. f- physically creating beings that like are addicted to this drug and you know doing the all the manual work and do not want something more right but obviously they were made to be mm. this way and and it's like and then then you're talk about like you no know, creating colonies about the alpha people where they like they wanted to get back under the whole control because they hated the whole thing you know because they couldn't manage to survive by themselves it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like it's bad it's obviously bad but it's not bad enough to create enough i mean discord I the, 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 the pro- yeah the problem i always had with the brave new world society is one the lack of any kind of individual autonomy and second the the stagnation of the way that their culture yes. was structured, right? They had no, they had no mechanism for moving forward. Exactly, right? they had no, exactly. Like, they have no way of making progress. Whereas in the Oankali society, they are constantly evolving and progressing and changing. So they're not stagnant in the same way that the Brave New World society is. Um, so it's it's a very uh, yeah, it, it it sits. You know, Brave New World sometimes sits on this kind of edge of okay, there's there's a it's like a it's sufficiently imperfect in its implementation that it's all kind of horribly awry yeah. but it also has a slightly alluring property exactly to it, right it's got this kind of like uh, this like um you know, entertaining yourself to death kind of thing yeah but the the owen carly version the, the owen carly society seems like a more perfect incarnation of that it's like it's this better designed to to kind of tempt you into it but at the same time it, it does actually have sort of more significant um, upsides. Yes, and also, but also <laughs> but, has more yeah. significant consequences of this whole like f- the trade, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know. It's just for me, Brave New World was like jarring the fact that like the the final sort of conversation in the chapter in the final chapter was like mm. you have a choice, you know, like to you would be surprised, you know, like um, to be joining people as intelligent and creators of you in the society, you know, like. You want to be in the middle mm. of the society, but then again, you would be going somewhere where you think it's a complete isolation, but you'll be isolated with people that are like you as creative and you can do however you want to live, live like how you want, right? Whereas mm. on Kali... But you can't change anything about the way... Exactly, the, the, the world will the world not change, working. right? But the world won't change. In yeah. Kali world, though, it's like with enough push from Akin, mm. there was a change made. Right, so there is mm. a possibility, as you said, evol- of evolution of the society. So, mm. and then the whole like their whole structure is in many ways based around evolving the society. Right, they're, they're constantly exactly. going out seeking and integrating novelty, um, which, it, but it, but it, it, it's, it's sort of a different way of of producing novelty and dissent. Right, because oh, the, yeah. it it seems as though the consensus is quite totalizing it's difficult to be kind of a, an, an outside perspective looking in or kind of a contrarian voice in in the oan kali society as constituted but at the same time if you're if, if that comes biologically into the bio, the oan kali society right if it comes from a you know, integrating with some new trade partner partner then that's sort of the way that they do that yeah it's very different and it's yeah it's it's a, uh, it's, it's a very 
it's a jarring topic, as you may say, and it's one that I will mm. always keep thinking about and going back to because as life progresses and the changes in the our world takes place, like it's always going to be addressed somehow and somehow related. It, it just, you know, it's a fantastic, this was a fantastic set of books. They really, you know, we tackled a lot of different issues that, you know, I think not often are talked about or like not in depth enough for it. So I hope that at least, you know, we gave some start for some people to think about. Um, but it, it was a great set of stories. And then the way it was written is really gave you like, you know, it's not as bad, but in the same time, what is, how would I feel really in that situation? How, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. I think that some, the, the best literature in my view is, is, is like an, uh, an ongoing unsettled conversation uh, that you can engage with yeah right? because absolutely like, it, it's it's very clear from the way that octavia has, has written this that there's a lot of uh, it's like she's very internally conflicted about what con- conclusion should be drawn from this stuff and it's a real sort of intellectual exploration of possibilities absolutely um with with the you know the aid of these kind of like specific constraints that that she's like placed on the problem through these kind of you know uh, fictional conceits mm. of the way the Ancali mm. society works, but it produces some really, um, like, really productive source of, of dialogue. Yeah. You know? and it does. It does a lot of um, exploration of stuff that I think is sort of very culturally relevant at this moment. You know, you've got the um, like the the nature of, of consent and power dynamics, and the, the the sort of importance of empathy and understanding in those contexts, and and the um, the like the difficulty of sometimes doing that. The whole sort of um, uh, like concept of people's uh, standpoints and the challenge of, of, of empathizing and to what degree that's 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 possible but also the it's necessary yeah yeah, yeah. um and the there's this um and it, it, it is a good exploration of, of things like um you know, you know colonialism and, and gender identity and, and all of that stuff is is very well tackled yeah. in, in this uh, in, in this book and absolutely and also you know the biology in it is just solid like you know there was obviously for the time that octavia was writing these books and the science at the time it was on spot like it's nothing to Mm. uh, you know obviously we can nitpick on it now because our understanding Mm. is in deeper but it was a solid Mm. book it was a solid basically perspective on it and yeah, so that's like the the first reason that I kind of was really attracted to, to the series was that aspect of it, like the fact that it had this real biological like realism feel to yeah. it, but was also managing to explore these these philosophical subjects. And I think that that the reason why I enjoy it so much, or the reason why I rate its discussion of these topics so well, is because of the degree to which it's grounded in this kind of sense of scientific yep. realism. Right? It, it's it's still attached to 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 reality. It's still interested in kind of. Uh, uh, a uh, like a, a project of finding a, a shared reality and a, a shared sense of um, of, of um, I don't know, like the ability to construct a common meta narrative, like the ability to have a, a shared account of what's going on and and anchor things in in you know, concrete reference to the underlying scientific reality. It, it it it's there, but it's also able to explore these these complicated mm. subjects where it's difficult to come to objective conclusions. Um, so it's yeah that 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 mix was is is really yep. good, um, yeah. and you, you get it in. Um, uh, I think the, the some of Octavia's other work, I, uh, the 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 Earth Seed philosophy mm-hmm. from from her Parables books, I think is kind of echoed a little bit in 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 this book as well. Mm. And that, you know, that's sort of one of the refrains of that um, uh, religion is is. Um, 
the only lasting truth is change. Yep. And I think you see that a lot in, in the Oankali society, right? They they have this, you know, they're, they're constantly changing and integrating new stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, even the name of it, like Earth Seed. Yeah. The, 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 fining, the final sequence of the this trilogy is the, the planting seed, of the exactly. seed on Earth that will probably consume Earth and move to the stars, which is very much an, an echo of the the human destiny in in uh, Octavius Parable's book. So there's this, some interesting parallels there for, for people who are uh, um, and, uh, fans of mm, both. Absolutely. No, it, it was a great trilogy. I'm glad that we went through it, although painfully I couldn't read it straight away. Just had to, you know, do it few chapters at a time but you know yeah do you think you'll like reread oh yeah um, them in a shorter compressed time well frame i will so, you can actually, so like, i will them. definitely this is see doing this with you really gives me an mm. opportunity to learn about a great set of you know books and sort of topics that i've never considered of learn about before or at least i or at least skimmed some topics right you know and mm when in future i'll definitely have to you know uh you know take those books again in my hands to think about it and you know and definitely will encourage my children to read those books because they transcend time and they really do do an in-depth sort of it gives you more th it makes you think and that's what really mm -hmm. is necessary these days you need to think about what you do and say and then the perspective of the like you can't just throw in your opinions without actually properly considering you know where where you know what you're basing your you know feeling about because it's easy to say like oh Ankali are invaders and etc etc like yes it is they are but at the same time it's not that black and white it's very much gray and you need to yeah. rethink that what would you do in this being the same pers uh, position mm. yeah it's, it's very rich very nuanced very uh yeah, that, that, that leaves a, a lasting impression on me, oh, this, uh, this series. The, and I'm going to continue thinking about the, <laughs> the themes for, for a oh, long yeah. while afterwards, I think. <laughs> this is one of those things, and it's going to be hard to find the equally stimulating books because, you know, it's, it, it's you know, it, it does require time to, to really sit down and think about it. Because, you know, reading, I can read books very quickly, but do I really think about mm. them? It's I usually focus on stories, but doing this really helped me to really understand the concepts behind mm. you know addressing the book and i, I think that there are definitely other stories out there with a similar degree mm. of richness mm. um to, that could be analyzed i mean there are some there's some books where you, you know you, you can read them and the surface level is pretty pretty much there right you don't necessarily have the, there's not there's not as much depth to delve into but um there are other there are certain books where it's just like yeah you know you the classics yeah. you, you can you can discuss them forever because they're um, mostly in, in the context of these kind of unsettled yeah. Uh, unsettled conversations yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i wanted to ask you about you know because you totaled the whole recording time how, tell us how oh yeah yeah i i put together a bit of a summary of, so uh, prior to this episode um our, our total recording time to date is uh, uh 261,896 seconds or approximately 3.03 days three days which My is goodness. Uh, 70, 72 hours 44 minutes and 56 seconds oh. uh, of, of episodes 
um yeah so uh, which which is a, a a roughly three to one ratio of of um, us talking about the book to the book in terms of audio length <laughs> <laughs> so the the total length of the audiobooks is is uh one day three hours and 51 minutes or, or 27 hours 51 minutes 43 seconds um so it's it's a a uh, two days uh, yeah, extra we, of us going book. off tangent basically <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah yeah so if, if you want to follow the uh the entire version of us listening to it and um uh talking about it and listen to the books then you need like four days and basically a whole working week you know sitting down and just listening to it. my goodness wow yeah. um yeah and that, that's a that's across 67 episodes um but we did three special episodes mm-hmm. as well um the special episodes were long yes they were long because <laughs> the three of them are eight hours 21 minutes and 39 seconds yeah um Alone. And this episode seems to be going to be quite long. Already, you can see on the t- recording is one hour and forty-seven minutes. So I give it like around, yeah, yeah around similar, you know, extra two hours to all of that. So, mm-hmm. yep, it's um, yeah. So we'll uh, we can add this episode to the the total so far, yeah. but we don't know how long it's going to be yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, but the. Uh... Uh, the, the other like stat that I pulled out is that um, uh, it's been uh, as of today one thousand and twenty five days goodness. since we published the first episode. Wow! So we started on sixteenth of April two thousand twenty. So one thousand twenty five days, two years and two hundred ninety four days. Wow! Approximately. Wow! Yeah. That is crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> And we were pretty systematic yeah. about it. Like we honestly, you know, every two weeks recording and publishing and... Apart from like the last three, three or so episodes yeah. where we made some uh, uh, delays. Yeah, there are some <laughs> delays. There are some personal reasons, you know, also Christmas and New Year holidays and all of that whatnot. But, you know, mm. it's still, nonetheless, it's been prettier. We were relatively regular yeah. about it up until <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. For which we apologize for all, you know those who regularly listen to us, but we are still out here. The, um, but yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing time and a lot of fun and interesting conversations we've had. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I suspect there's, uh, there's still more that could be explored oh, yeah. in, in this conversation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Knowing yeah. us, we could talk for hours about all of those things and like keep going off tangent and probably just it's probably better to split up into different episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, a, a, a very, um, a very big thank you and sound congratulations to anyone who like listened to the entire. Course. Oh yes, thank you very much for all those who listened to us to up today. Like honestly, I you remember the beginnings when I still didn't have a good microphone, and you know it's. For those who have stick, stuck with us, thank you. Yeah, we, we, we may owe you a drink or something if uh, <laughs> if you ever meet us in, per- yeah. in person for like three days of your time. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, this was the trilogy by Octavia E. Butler. Like, you know, but question is, is there anything else you would like to talk about, Richard? Or should we talk about what we're planning next? Um, I think we can probably move on to, to what we're planning to do next. So uh, yeah. we will have a bit of a break. Um, and this is just personal reasons, and uh, I can tell you the reasons. I'll tell you, I'm going to be a father soon, so it's gonna be a bit of a chaos for me in terms of like finding time for recording. I hope that I will find some time, you know, you know, when the young one will sleep and there will be but signs so I can do some recording. So let's hope for that. 
but we already know what mm. we will cover next. And this time I'll be torturing uh, Richard, uh, who will have to wait and read it chapter done. by chapter. <laughs> Um, so, but I think this time this book will introduce more, it will be less about what's happening in the book, but more about the conversation, biology and evolution. So something to look forward to. And what yeah, yeah. we will cover is by uh, All Tomorrows, a billion year chronicle of the myriad species and varying fortunes of man by Nemo Ramjet, Sikoms, Kosmat, um, um, Nemo Ramjet is the pen name, right? Is that correct, Richard? Hmm. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I um, think that's... that's, that's... <laughs> because I've, I've been instructed in no uncertain terms to remain thoroughly away exactly. from the source material until such exactly. time. As... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, I read it's a fascinating book about the whole evolution of, like, um, of humanity in a very big time scales, I would say. But I think, biology-wise, I think it's going to be great way to talk about and just address those things so yeah a bit of a bit of a different sounding um a book to, to be discussing but uh, it's i think it, it i mean from from what you've uh, you've told me about it it sounds like it'll be a, a rich ground for, for oh discussion. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah i think it. It, uh, as octavia butler's trilogy was more of like we focus about the storyline and you know the topics that are covered there here we will cover what potentially happened and what topics you know you know uh, have occurred and but in a lot of biology will be also addressed so we will be i was speculating how does the biology work and etc so I think it's gonna be great uh, for those, especially who love yeah, biology. So, exercise our speculative yes. biology uh, uh, theory and stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah, um, not being evolutionary biologists per se is is probably dangerous. Yeah, but it'll be interesting how this, you know, how how would be you know derive, and it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. It's not long, um, but mm. it's gonna. It, I think it's great. Uh, sort of a nice sort of midnight snack between you know whatever whatever we pick next uh, indeed yeah a, a nice little uh, punctuation between uh, now and whatever our next project yes. is um we do have to say Excellent. something about the youtube channel though uh which is oh yes yeah when when, when we're coming back um we'll be returning on the same rss feed but uh, we will likely have a different youtube channel as a result of um uh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say unspecified technical yeah. issues for now uh, in, in the interest of... <laughs> uh, but yes, um, we'll be having a, a new YouTube channel um, uh, and publishing our uh, our results, uh, our episodes um, uh, up yes. there. Uh, so if you, if you follow us on, on, on YouTube and that's the primary means by which you consume this podcast, then uh, uh, there'll be links. Look out for a, a different venue when yes, we come back. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. we will have to, we most likely will re-upload our recordings onto the new YouTube channel um, on that new one because of the technical issues we're having with this one. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be, you know, finally at that point we'll be have nice everything together and should be fine. You'll still find it there, but let's see how it goes. It, it's, it's really tough not we have to crack and... It it'll be a complicated situation for us, but yeah, it, it's all perfect. Obviously, we'll, we'll manage. It. There's no other <laughs> choice, but obviously, we'll manage. But yeah, <laughs> yes, um, right. Um, I guess that's it for today. Uh, yeah, we just had a little bit of uh, of uh, business to close off on, but yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, well, uh, 
thank you very much for in- embarking on this project with me, Michael. It's been absolutely, it's been yeah. And it's also pleasure, honestly. I loved, you know, as you can tell, everyone. Richard and I love having conversation about a lot of topics, and Richard usually has contains has better understanding in a lot of topics like philosophy, um, which I love to listen to. So, thank you very much for inviting me for that, on that journey, uh, Richard. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I like to uh, expound on subjects uh, of, of of a wide variety of mm-hmm. things, and uh, it, it's good to have a, a, an interlocutor who can who can question me <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know keep keep me on on track. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Otherwise, I don't I, think yeah. I'm that good in keeping yeah. on track because when myself. we go off tangent, it's hard to come back. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes thank you very much everyone who listened to us so far uh thank you for following us with uh, you know for doing this uh, trilogy there'll be more coming through we'll be covering more trilogies and more books they'll definitely um but thank you very much again for listening to us we are xenothesis as always you can find all the places we upload our podcast on xenothesis.com i was michael glinka and i was richard acton goodbye Bye.